Welcome back to this week's episode of the Awakening Bodies Podcast. Imagine this, you're walking out of the house, and as you're walking out, you have to flick the light on and off multiple times just to get a sense of peace of mind. Or you book a flight months in advance, only to feel your hands start to get clammy and your stomach start to cramp up. This is the experience of Courtney Hayes. At eight years of age, she was diagnosed with anxiety. From there, day in and day out, she took medication trying to get better. However, to no avail. At 21, she said enough is enough, she broke free. She said, I need to try something new. In her process, she found one particular insight that served as a catalyst for her transformed health. She heard, she's not anxious, she's just experiencing anxiety. And this one insight really started her journey to explore what holistic health was all about. She started to understand that her environment made a massive difference. And now at 27 years young, she's realizing that the impact that she has had is all because of the practices she's taken on. And on today's conversation, she shares with you how our environment, the habits, our health are all intertwined. And we have the ability to transform whatever we're going through with the right tools and the right practices. Well, welcome, Courtney. So glad to be with you on this conversation today with the Awakening Bodies podcast and everything that you're doing. So excited to share with our community what you're up to and I know you have a really cool launch coming up. Thank you for taking time out of your day today and joining us. Thanks for having me, Ola. I appreciate that. Yeah, this is so special. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's kind of weird because like we're such close friends. But I know. Now it's like, how do we play this dynamic? Let's just drop this. Forget all this. <laughs> I'm saying this to myself. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so those who are tuning in who don't know Courtney, Courtney's actually a really close friend of ours. Um, we've been friends for how long now? Uh, 2019? 19 maybe? 18 or 19, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And um, it's been amazing just to see how our friendship has grown because mm-hmm. you originally reached out because you, I, I don't even really know how exactly we got connected, but I know it was through IIN, it was through the holistic um, nutrition program that we both went through. Yeah. And then from there, I moved down to Florida. You were living in St. Pete, and now we're at your apartment. I know. Small world. <laughs> yeah. Small freaking world. Yeah. And it's been amazing to see, like, your growth along your journey and also to see, like, how many lives you're impacting within um, anxiety and just holistic health and even to see your social media handles blow <laughs> up the past two years. Yeah. So I'm really happy for you. Thank you so much. It's been uh, it's been quite a ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even from I know you guys have a deeper connection, longer connection. Yeah. But to see you, because like I never really knew you until you moved down here. Mm-hmm. I knew of you. I've seen you a couple of times when you came down to visit, mm-hmm. but to actually get close to you and connected with you, uh, it's been really cool to witness. Yeah. And it's also been really cool that the relationship that we have has a different dynamic because of. The work that I've also done with James. Mm-hmm. So it's like we've, we've got this deep, intimate relationship that has just like by, what's what I'm looking for, like connection to another mm-hmm. has just gotten deeper to you. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for you because you're consistently showing up in such a big way. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for you. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Both of you. Incredible work for yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Which I'm really excited to speak on because yeah. I know that uh, Lauren talks a lot about relationship with food and diet mm-hmm. and all of those. And I've seen her go through a journey where it's been a growing relationship and it's been one where it's challenged me as well mm-hmm. because as I'm seeing what she's going through and she's sharing with me what she's going through, it's only a reflection for me to realize like, oh, this, I'm also dealing with some of this. Mm-hmm. There's also some of this in my life. So for you, you're committed right now with what you're doing, specifically helping women out with their anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've beaten this and you're, you're working through it. It's not like it's done. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. going to be a, an ongoing process. Yeah. But you're, you've 
transform this experience of anxiety for yourself. So if you would be open to, could you share with us your journey that's gotten you to this space of openness, yeah. specifically talking about anxiety? Yeah, so this journey started 20, uh, 20 years ago. It was mm. 28 in a few days. So 20 years ago, mm -hmm. I had my first panic attack. And at the time, you know, being a kid, being eight years old, you don't really know much about mental health. You just come, like, in my brain, how I remember it is I was this, maybe more on the slightly anxious side growing up, but, like, nothing crazy. I remember going from this happy, carefree type of just, like, typical kid to having panic attacks every single day and just not knowing what was happening to me why it was happening and just that instant shift. And I remember it like it was yesterday still, the very first time I had one. And it's terrifying. Like whether you're eight years old, whether you're 88 years old, panic mm -hmm. attacks can be really overwhelming, really scary. And, you know, now being an adult, I feel for my parents mm -hmm. having a child who was going through that because I think we were also confused. And the doctors, I remember telling me like, you just have an imbalance in your brain. Let's give you the medication. And so basically for 15 years straight, it was anxiety, being diagnosed with different things. So anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, panic attacks. And that was kind of the label that I had on myself mixed with these heavy doses of medication mm -hmm. that kept getting altered and increased for 15 years straight. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it started from that young. Yeah, eight. Wow. So like, if you like, can you remember like what was happening? Like what triggered the yeah. anxiety? So I, it was it's crazy that my brain remembers this. It was February, I think 24th, 2020 or 2004. Okay. And I got a stomach bug, threw up a few times, like most kids do at that age. Yeah. And, um, I was fine a month later in March. It's crazy how my brain remembers it, but my sister had a Halloween party at preschool or not Halloween. She had some dress up party at preschool. She comes home and my mom tells me that she came home early because she threw up. And that triggered, I still to this day, don't know why that triggered such a fear in my brain. Mm -hmm. But hearing that my sister was sick and was throwing up, like even though I just threw up a few months or a few weeks prior to that and I was fine, hearing that somebody else did, instant panic attack. And from there, it created this obsession with, not only someone else that I care about getting sick, but anyone getting sick, or more specifically myself getting sick. Mm -hmm. So it was constant anxiety of, am I gonna throw up? Is somebody else gonna throw up? What happens if I do? And then this obsessive compulsive disorder, the OCD, of I have to do everything in my power to prevent this from happening. Mm -hmm. So OCD commonly is like, oh, I'm so OCD, neat, neat, tidy, organized, but really it's these obsessive thoughts that you have about XYZ, so for my case, growing up, and then these compulsions that you have to do in order for those thoughts to go away. Mm. So for example, I had to switch on a, the light four times before I left a room, and then in my brain, okay, no one's going to get sick, everybody's safe, mm. now I can leave the room, until mm. the next thought came in. And this is starting at age eight, nine wow. years old. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. crazy how like mm. you remember that. and So vividly. It's, it's wild. Like, when I was growing up, I never really understood it, but my neighbor also dealt with it. Mm -hmm. And just by default, because she was dealing with it and because I looked up to her, mm -hmm. I started also taking on those traits. 
of like, I need to tap this or like mm-hmm. this, or I can't touch a line. Yeah. But it yeah. was such, for me, it was just like a learned behavior. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine for someone who's like literally like going through it mm-hmm. where they don't really necessarily have control yeah. over it to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. So like, how did your parents mm. support you through that? I remember, uh, so my mom's still to this day, one of her closest friends and also my aunt. They're both psychologists. So mm. I just, I don't know what the conversation looked like, but I know they gave her some advice. And I remember the first time I remember my family really approaching me about this. I remember sitting on a beanbag chair in my basement and my mom telling me, I just talked to Robin. I just talked to her aunt Janet. They told me to give you a kiss and she gave me a, a Hershey kiss and just like a little like chocolate and just like basically telling me like, it's going to be okay. Oh. We're going to work through this. And I just remember feeling that support. And mm. you know, the second your kid has anxiety or a panic attack, her first instinct wasn't let's get her on medication. Yeah. It was kind of like, let's ride this out a little bit. This could just be who knows what. Um, but it was probably about six months later, maybe even a little bit more that they finally mm-hmm. took me to a psychiatrist and that's where all the terms and the labels came and she has this and she has that mm-hmm. and it's, let's put her up on this and mm-hmm. um, looking back and we can get into it later in the episode, but looking back, it's just such a different viewpoint on it because mm-hmm. instead of what's her diet like, what's her lifestyle like, it's like, nope, she's got this, let's put this label on it, let's give her this medication, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And obviously that didn't fix anything for yeah. 14 or 15 years straight. Wow. Yeah. So you, were, you, you weren't even nine when they were... I was not even nine years old. When they were giving you now the diagnoses and labels. Mm-hmm. And, and so imagine being that young, you're still mm-hmm. figuring out who you are in the world. Yeah, who you are as a... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 28 years old, I still don't know. But, you know, we have these... This really, really just important season and just in our growth of figuring out yeah. who we are and mm-hmm. wh- what we are and all these different things in life and yeah to be told well you have this so my whole life I'm a really anxious person mm-hmm. I have really bad anxiety mm-hmm. I have OCD I get panic attacks and like that became my identity for so many years mm-hmm. which just yeah go ahead so mm-hmm. when did it become the point where you realized you took on this identity not until I had reached a breaking point when I was 21 or 22 because I had been on just about every single antidepressant that there was, just about every single dosing. They would prescribe me Xanax and like heavy, heavy duty antidepressants and I forget the technical name, but just like things to relax my body and nothing was working. It would give me temporary relief, but it's like every couple weeks or every six to eight weeks I was going to the doctor. She was checking in. How are we feeling? We're on a scale of one to 10. Okay, let's up your dose to this. Let's add on this. And I just reached a point. I was on 200 milligrams of Zoloft at the time. So I was in college. 200 is the max dose. I remember just explaining to her, I'm struggling. I'm really anxious. The panic attacks are really bad again. Like, what else can we do? And I remember the look of defeat on her face that day where she was like, she just paused for a second and we kind of went through the list of like, we've tried this, Mm. we've tried that, you've tried this dose. So she goes, 200 is technically the max dose. You've been on this long enough. I'm going to push you up to 225. You can start today. And that was my point where I was like, no. And I just, Mm. I walked out of that office and I never went back. Wow. And I called my mom and I said, I'm done with the medication. 
and I'm done with this way, and we're finding plan B because it's been 15 years and this isn't doing it for me. Ooh, I got the chills. Yeah. What gives you that level of courage to walk out? Because, I mean, here you are 21 years old, you've been following this route, and you're like going up any higher, no way. You're going against the doctors, you're going against your parents, you're going against society. What gave mm -hmm. you that courage to step outside of that? I was so angry. Oh. I was so pissed off and just frustrated. I'm like, I'm graduating college next year. I like, I'm in the same doctors that I've been seeing since I was nine years old. Like, wow. if this isn't working for me, something else has to. So going back to your original question, of the first time I realized that, that was kind of my identity is in the process of weaning off the medication, once I made that choice, I went to my first functional medicine practitioner just to kind of get an idea of like, how do I win off this? Because I didn't want to mm -hmm. fully do it by myself. Like I had to, obviously, if I wasn't going to choose the antidepressant route, there wasn't like, I couldn't just not do that and continue my current lifestyle. Yeah. So that's where I went down everything, holistic health and healing and everything I preach about and teach now and live by it. But in that doctor's office, I remember he was like, all right, what brings you in? And I was like, I have really bad anxiety. I'm a really anxious person. And he stops, he stops me and looks at me and goes, no, you're not. Mm. And I got so angry and so defensive. I was like immediately turned off from this guy. Like mm. he's invalidating me. How dare he? He doesn't know me. He doesn't know my story. And he, I'm sure he could like see the anger in me. Cause he yeah. was like, wait a second. You telling yourself that right there is a part of the problem. Uh. And it just like, wow. So now anytime I'm working with clients, like one of the things I teach in my course is you're breaking free from the identity because the more that you're telling yourself something, you're identifying with it for as much as you are. And we do this so much subconsciously. Sure. So I'm a really anxious person year after year after year that of course you're going to be an anxious person mm. because you believe that you are. Mm. So yeah, it was Ooh. huge. That whole six month journey was massive. Mm. It's I mean, a lot of awakenings. Yeah. You're going from like the typical conversation of mm -hmm. this, which you are, I am someone with anxiety, to now somebody telling you not. Mm -hmm. Understandably, why the initial like jarring, how yeah. dare you comes up from, and I got so many questions that I think you kind of <laughs> skip forward. I want to I wanna ask you really quick, yeah. your relationship with your sister, has yeah. it always been, what is that like? Um, and was it different when you were a young, a young girl? Interesting. So we are super close now. Um, growing up, it was a really strong love-hate relationship. Like, okay. loved her because she's my sister, but also just, like, thought like crazy. Mm -hmm. And I think I always carried a little bit of a curiosity around, does she feel guilty for any of this? Because obviously it wasn't her fault. Like, yeah. she's four years old, five years old, and she grew up one day yeah. like kids do. Yeah. Um, I never felt resentful of her. I almost yeah. felt more so like protective of I hope she's not internalizing any of this. And honestly, it's probably a deeper conversation to have. Matt, if you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, I don't sit, I don't think it played a role. I've had the curiosity of like, if she didn't get sick that one day, would I have this anxiety? Would I have this fear? Like, yeah. why did that moment specifically? Mm -hmm. And I, that's still a question mark in my brain. I sure. have no idea. Yeah. I don't know if I will find the answer. I may, I may not. But if she wasn't sick, I could have 
went to school the next day and somebody else got sick and it could have been yeah. the same thing. So well, isn't it interesting how just like anything in life, like God, whether it's positive or negative, mm-hmm. like God makes all things good. Yeah. And so it's like maybe this was like the divine plan yeah. all yeah. along yeah. because yeah. look at what you're now doing in your career path. Like look at all the people oh, yeah. that you've helped. Yeah. So it's it's almost yeah. interesting the fact that it happened the way in which it oh, did. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for it. Like I probably wouldn't know you guys now. It's like every single thing that we do in life takes us somewhere else. If I didn't go through all that, I probably wouldn't have moved to Florida and it's just like that whole, I wouldn't have gone to IAN and met you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool because, and I asked the question and I was like, I gotta (laughs) ask because for everybody listening, we talk a lot about this and you were also pointing out an identity. Mm -hmm. Something happens, that seed gets planted, you fast forward and that seed that got planted when we were little kids is still playing out. Mm -hmm. You've obviously have done a lot of work on it and so there's still a, a mystery and maybe to what you're pointing to, God playing in mysterious ways, maybe we don't have to know the answer. That's also something that is important because mm-hmm. if you're doing the work and you've looked and you can't see what's there, then you don't have to look. You don't have to know. Mm-hmm. There could be a sense where it's like, okay, this happened, and now that this happened, I experienced this, but now can I let go of that? Mm-hmm. And now can I trust in, let's say, God, because that's where we come from. Mm-hmm. Can I trust that God is really playing everything out and it's all good and can I now move forward? Mm-hmm. So for everybody listening, this is really important to keep an eye for for because if you're dealing with something, maybe there's a seed that got planted that maybe you haven't looked at yet. And maybe this is an opportunity where you can start to ask some questions as you're hearing Courtney share, which by the way, thank you for your openness. Yeah, yeah. It's very clear you've done a lot of work to yeah. get to this point of vulnerability because you're sharing with yeah. hundreds of people listening. Yeah. Like, that's huge. Yeah. And there is nothing but comfort talking about it. Yeah, it took me time to get there. I mean, True. growing up, it was always... It was almost like I was living a double life in a sense. I'd go to school, and it was hard, especially having OCD in school, because with the OCD comes the habits, and a lot of times those habits, mm-hmm. it's like they're so strong that I would do anything I could to try to shut it down, but then the mental noise just got louder and louder. So when you're doing these physical habits around people, or I'm going in and out of the classroom four times because I forgot something, mm-hmm. but really my brain is like trying to, it's just, it was a hard thing to try to, play it cool but I would as much as possible and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't talk about this openly at all like even oh I have to take my medicine I have a headache like it's Mm -hmm. it was a very only very close people in my life knew what was going on and I wouldn't I didn't just start sharing it until I caught off the medication and I went down this holistic healing route and I started my Instagram account in 2018 and that's where I the first time I openly shared it was on Instagram Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so that was at the very least five years ago 2018, 2023. Yeah, that was about five and a half years ago. And I remember the fear I felt of sharing this of like, there's people that follow me, family members or friends that I have that I grew up with in high school that I've been friends with for years or they've been in my life for X amount of years. And I'm sharing this really vulnerable part of myself that these people don't even know and they're going to read about it for the very first time online. But the second I posted my first story or my first post on there sharing the story, the amount of feedback I got, Mm. the people relating, Mm. the people understanding, the people saying, I've never heard anyone speak about this. I deal with this too. People in different countries commenting. Like (laughs) it just, I reached such a specific audience. So all those years that I thought I was the only one going through this, I thought it was only me something just shifted where I was like this whole time my whole life thinking I was the only one there's so many people struggling too and that gave me that passion too like I have to speak up about this more 
because nine-year-old me who thought there was something wrong with her and I was the only person in the world going through this, yeah. it's like the amount of messages, oh my gosh, this started for me when I was nine. I'm like, we could have been friends. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 What a level yeah. of contribution you step into that mm -hmm. to put the, the fear and really acknowledge it for taking that on yeah. because, I mean, look, 2023, like mental health is now a big topic. Yeah. Even 2018, it wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. Like it was yeah. just, it was like just coming out. But yeah. like, I mean, yeah. you go back 10 years, definitely not the case. No. Let alone as a nine-year-old yeah. or maybe teenager going to high school. Like, whew, oh yeah, wow. Mm -hmm. So to go back to when you went to the naturopath? Yes. Yeah. So like, what happened then? Like, what did he recommend after he told you that's not who you are? Yeah, yeah. Then what happened? So... Uh, from there, we kind of came up with a game plan of weeding myself off very slowly. Um, I think we were doing 2.5 milligrams every like two weeks. So it took me about nine months to come off. Mm. I was really scared of side effects. I was yeah. nervous to come off of it in general. Yeah. I had an idea of what my game plan was moving forward because I started, I learned about the gut-brain connection probably six months prior to that. Mm. So it's like, I, it wasn't all new concepts where I was going into this blindly. I had an idea of, okay, diet is definitely playing a role, so we're going to make changes here. Let's get an idea of, like, what's really going on possibly internally. So it was I had kind of some different avenues, um, and around that same time is where I started really just doing my own research and figuring out, like, okay, how can I start to make myself feel better? And I mean, leading up to this point, my lifestyle was terrible. Like, I was heavy, heavy drinking, probably you know, three, four days a week for eight years straight at this point. Or Which I can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> it was messy. <laughs> <laughs> I was smoking every single day for like seven years straight. Like, yeah. You know, and um, just relying on getting high and getting drunk because that's the part where I felt the most free and fun mm. and you know, kind of got away from the anxiety, even though the next day, as soon as I was sober again, and I never thought of it as an issue, but now going back, being, what, two, two and a half years sober, it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, was I numbing. Mm. And yeah, but lifestyle played such a huge role, the things I was putting into my body, and that's why I get so passionate about the ingredients, and just, because once I started making little shifts in what I was eating, I realized that all those symptoms I was feeling, and even I'll say anxiety being a symptom, and the panic attacks is a symptom of mm. a result mm. of what was going on internally. I was like, holy. It was expressing God. outwardly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what was those dietary changes that you did now? The very first one I made was I, you know, coming from a dad who has celiac disease. And so we've, we have had a gluten-free household since I was in sixth grade. So I was like, why don't I just, just experiment with that? Because you never know. Mm. So I cut out gluten and I just felt the inflammation like dripping off of my body. Like I just noticed such an immediate shift and my panic wow. attacks lessened. So just from gluten? Gluten and then it was, I think I did gluten and dairy kind of around the same time, okay. but I tried with both. And that was kind of my way of just, for me, I had a lot of processed foods. So in a way, it was cutting out a lot of the processed foods because, yes, there's high-quality sure. dairy and sourdough and things like that, but... For the most part. Yeah, but I was um, I was eating so many processed foods, so I think by just in that, it kind of shifted me into having more whole foods and finding healthier alternatives and swaps and things like that. 
That's a big shift to do both at once, yeah. especially from going from like such a high processed mm-hmm. food and like, yeah, what do I eat now? Yeah, but I think at this time too. So one of my parents' good friend, good friends at the time, she was very into holistic health and healing, and she had healed so much of her own through I love her book. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, she had done so much of her own, and we visited her house in LA back in around this time, like 2017, 2018. And she was the one who taught me about the gut-brain connection for the first time. She was witnessing me having panic attacks at her house. It was my first time meeting her. And I was embarrassed, but she she understood it. Mm. And that's where she told me about IAM. She taught, like, she kind of introduced the concept of holistic health and healing to me and my family. Wow. And so I think also seeing living proof of, well, this is someone who had the panic attacks as well. Mm. And she's healed, so... And look at how she lives her life, and look at at the food she eats. And she was... I remember that whole week we were there, she was cooking us the best meals. Everything was gluten-free and dairy-free and really just good nutrient-dense foods. And I was feeling... Obviously, I was still struggling, but I was noticing, like, wait, this food feels really good. I don't feel sluggish and tired and all these different things. So things started to slowly, like, slowly start shifting my brain. And over time, the more that I was changing and implementing the better I started feeling. And I think the more the anxiety just started kind of fading off. Um, and wow. so it became not an obsession, but just extreme passion. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, how could it yeah, not? Yeah. You, you, you were so limited before, and now you have a whole new world available yeah. to explore. Yeah. Was, was she the first person that you ever met who had similar or came from a background of what you were going through and was no longer? I think so. Yeah. What was that experience like for you, like being in her presence? Because again, she's noticing what you're going through. Yeah. But you're seeing that, okay, she had it, now she doesn't. Like, what that opened up for you? So validating. I was like, I want what she's having, I want what she's doing. Like, anything, when she recommended IAN, I was like, soul and doing it. Like, everything she recommended, I just held it such a high standard. Yes, such a high standard. I'm like, this must work. Like, Mm. I haven't physically talked to other people who are having panic attacks who now don't and live this way you know mm-hmm. it's just it's the role models yeah that's so good yeah no and it's so true because like i mean i get that medication works great for some mm-hmm. people and doesn't for others but for majority of it people typically just swap yeah. different medications yeah. and yeah. unfortunately they're on that cycle and yeah. they go into it thinking like this won't be forever mm-hmm. at least some people do yeah but unfortunately it kind of becomes that yeah that constant chase yeah so that's so beautiful that she came into your life at such a perfect mm-hmm. time for you to show you the different way yeah so through IIN what was your journey like with that it was so fun <laughs> it was so much fun because basically what happened is I decided to come off the medication I graduated college while going through a breakup while deciding I was going to move across down the country to Florida from Pennsylvania and enroll in IAN without having a job or any idea of what any of that was going to look like all at the same time. (laughs) So it was kind of like I'm giving my life an entire just remodel, remodel everything. (laughs) And then going through IIN, I mean, it was my first time living alone. It was my first time living more than two hours from my parents. It was my first time off of medication. And it was like, so I had that passion, that excitement. I was officially off all the medication. I was definitely feeling drastically better. I wouldn't say 100%, but... Were you still experiencing anxiety attacks? No. 
not anxiety attacks. I moved to Florida and got myself in a really unhealthy relationship. By day two, I was there. So I was like, yeah, it's kind of like, all right, you've done this. Now we've got more lessons to learn because other things can contribute to anxiety. So I got the nutrition down. But then, hey, let's get your environment. And I was also, I moved down to Florida. Nutrition was great. I was drinking Thursdays, Fridays, probably Saturdays. I was in this really toxic relationship. So it was like anxiety started manifesting in ways I hadn't seen before. Uh. So it was interesting. It was actually really, I'm so grateful for it because anxiety started manifesting in yeah different ways I'd never seen. And so I used my platform to kind of be the voice of, hey, I've healed a lot of anxiety, but I still go through it. So let's heal together. Yes. And so it was instead mm. of this person who healed this anxiety, was like, yeah, I've done some of it, but like, hey, I'm anxious today. Here's what I'm doing. And it was more of like a relatable content of totally. my journey with anxiety because I didn't consider myself fully healed yet. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a lot of just new avenues to learn and explore. Which goes to show the way in which you've grown in your, in your social media and, and your business yeah. because yeah. it's relatable. Yeah. This isn't somebody that's like on the other chasm. And this is where I think a lot of yeah. people, they get it confused. It's like, we're looking to fix a problem, but we, people may not be at the solution position mm-hmm. yet. They're still caught catching up into why is this happening? What can I do differently mm-hmm. about it? Like, they're not here. Mm-hmm. So for you to meet people where they're at, yeah. in that space to, okay, this person has been dealing with something similar. Yeah. She's still dealing with something similar, but she's farther along the process mm-hmm. than I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Yeah. Can I just go back a little bit? Did yeah. you have any symptoms when you were getting off your medication? Like withdrawal? Yeah. Not that I can remember, honestly. Oh, that's which crazy. is, and that's why I moved so slowly because I heard about the brain zaps and yeah. I don't know specific ones, but I remember I was so cautious and especially someone who kind of has a background of the health anxiety. Yeah. I'm like, the last thing I want to do is give myself more anxiety coming off the anxiety medication. <laughs> so <laughs> let's move at turtle speed. So we did. Mm-hmm. I moved insanely slow and I probably could have, it probably didn't have to take me nine months, but I was being really cautious and I I was nervous. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, I I know personally someone who did stop Mm -hmm. like cold turkey and it had a drastic impact on them. Yeah. And that was the other thing too. I'm like, I wasn't on this for a year or two. It was 14 or 15 years worth of heavy medications. Mm -hmm. So my body almost, and I'd never experienced being an adult or even being a teenager without having something helping me or altering Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. in my brain. Mm -hmm. So it was like, that was the first time I was really in my own body and my own mind for the first time in my adult life, which was crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's, it's incredible because you're 28 years young. So like Mm -hmm. super young. And some people may look at you and be like, oh, she's so young, how could she help me? But we forget as humans that time does not mean wisdom experience does Mm -hmm. and you've been through experiences that some people may never go through or will take much longer for them to go through and you've encapsulated in such a short period of time Mm -hmm. it's incredible thank you it really is and so when was the day you decided like that you were going to become sober i was i think i actually might know this story but i could be wrong i was with I was working with another functional practitioner, and this was back in 20... Hmm, actually, yeah. <laughs> you can know the story. I think I do. As I was saying, I was like, oh, gosh. It's because of you guys. <laughs> oh, that night. <laughs> Not in the best Basically, way. I was visiting these two. 
I was living in Tampa at the time. We all came together for a little gathering. That's when I first met you. Was it the first time I'm pretty sure, like, spent an actual period of time together. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Wait, the first time I met you, I just went to your house for, like, the first time and stayed (laughs) over for, like... Oh, Lauren, I'm going to sleep on your couch. I'm going to sleep in your kitchen. (laughs) Your kitchen on an air mattress with a crazy cat. (laughs) Wow. But Um, you were hosting, like, a mini retreat, and then I hosted, like, a mini retreat at my place. Yeah. Yeah. So on your mini retreat, I got um, way too drunk, (laughs) and... I I think everyone got way too. Oh, we all did. It was besides me. I really had a few. I was like, I'm waking up sober tomorrow, and by the end of the night, I was like, wow. So those nights that you wake up and you're like, I'm never drinking again, and then you do it again the next weekend. I never did again. (laughs) (laughs) I literally never did again, and that was the last time I've had liquor. That was March 2021, and I was like, we're just gonna do wine. We're not gonna get drunk again. We're just gonna do wine. So I was turned off by liquor entirely because I'm like, I never want to feel this way ever again. Mm-hmm. Like I was, at 4 a.m., I was pacing <laughs> around your complex, having panic attacks. I'm like, I've worked too hard. <laughs> I've worked too hard and come way too far to be having panic attacks at 4 in the morning in this strange complex that I've never seen before. <laughs> like your neighbors, I was like shaking with water, like, please don't throw up right now. <laughs> please don't throw up. Well, I remember that. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that we're laughing about it now. Oh, yeah. yeah, now I can wow. laugh in the moment. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's terrible. And so basically, fast forward two months, I started working with a functional practitioner. And he, I mentioned how I get really bad hangovers and just more than the average person. And that was the other thing, too. And that's how you knew it was kind of, I was using it to numb way too much because there's just so much to question when it comes to drinking and that whole party lifestyle because... I felt so sick anytime I drank. I could have one drink and my whole next day was ruined, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't enough to stop me from drinking for as many years as I did, as Mm -hmm. heavily and excessively as I did. So anyways, so I go to the functional practitioner and he goes, your liver, I don't think is detoxing properly. Let's do some cleanses. I need you to cut out alcohol entirely for the next six weeks or so. And I just remember feeling relief of somebody gave me permission not to drink mm. and just excitement about that. Wow. And then it started to make me question, I'm like, why do I need somebody else to give me permission to not drink right now? But I was so excited about it and I felt so good about it. And I remember that was like the best feelings. I just, I felt so good during those six weeks that I was like, I don't know if I want to go back. And so mm. six weeks later, however long it went, he told me it was like I can incorporate incorporate it back in, and I told him I don't want to, and I haven't. Mm. Ever since. Yeah, I literally haven't had anything since. No, I've maybe had a sip of wine, and even that, I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Was it just really because of the desire of how you felt that you were just like, I'm over this? It was realizing how much better I felt without it, and just the anxiety that would come after even a drink, the just the way my body felt the next day is just something I didn't miss and yeah. never really wanted to risk experiencing again. Yeah. And two, it was also just how much more in tune with myself I feel and without drinking. And then three, realizing how much I was using it in an unhealthy way to numb or mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be more social or to be more goofy. Or if I have two drinks, then people can see how goofy I really am. 
Mm. And so it's taught me a lot about stepping into that more authentic version of myself yes. without having to rely on an external substance. Yeah. And the same goes for smoking. Like the amount of times I'd be like, hey, let's, let's pack a bowl and then we can go laugh and watch a movie. I'm like started questioning that of why am I relying on something external? And even with smoking, like I solely relied on that heavily in high school mm-hmm. because it helped with the anxiety. But it was another thing that was just numbing because totally. if I wasn't high, here's the panic attacks. Yeah. So it just, it just, just became, mm-hmm. mm. which is so scary to yeah. think about because I mean, alcohol, obviously one of the worst addictions. We were just watching a movie where Lauren for the first time learned that yeah. an alcoholic coming off of alcohol, withdrawing from alcohol is worse than somebody withdrawing from heroin. So it's like, it's the worst neurotoxin yeah. mm-hmm. out there. It creates yeah. such an, an, an addiction to the body yeah. and it's everywhere. And now you have marijuana, which creates this false sense of self that is now openly being given to mm-hmm. anybody who has yeah. a medical card. And if I have a headache, I can get a medical card. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's which like, is crazy because we don't even know the long-term side effects of marijuana itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that it's there for medicinal purposes. Is that the correct word? Yeah. Like, yeah, if yeah you it's need medicinal. It, Could like, be medicinal. For something, like mm-hmm. I get it, like a cancer treatment or whatever it may be, I'm sure there's uses for it, just like we have all other medication out there mm-hmm. too, but for the long-term effects, sure. like maybe you can't get addicted to it like physically, but you can build up the, hab- the habitual habit that can't mm-hmm. get you addicted. And yeah. I remember psychologically. listening to a study of just like babies are being born with such a high percentage of it's either THC or just marijuana in general in the baby yeah. and it's just a wild a wild place that we're currently in as a society yeah, yeah. so let's let's bring it into holistic because yeah. obviously now you, you've shifted from anything external no longer being the support in which you lean on to mm-hmm. help you feel better mm-hmm. now it's all internal mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really curious because a lot of your listeners so specific I would imagine a lot of moms mm-hmm. or moms to be mm-hmm. if I'm a mom and I'm listening to this conversation or I'm thinking about being a mom and even as a dad to be like, what would you recommend for a parent that maybe their children or their, their, their son or daughter mm-hmm. is maybe experiencing some form of anxiety? Mm-hmm. Number one is just recognizing how much lifestyle really does play a role. So, you know, and even thinking back, and I don't fault my parents for this at all. I just, it's been such an up-and-coming awareness and topic. And, you know, think back to how grocery stores were when we were all growing up. It's like, it was normal to have a Yoohoo and yeah. a Red 40 for lunch. Like, yeah. It was just, yeah. that's just kind of what was normal. Yeah. And it wasn't... Maybe those, those lunchbox things. Oh, the Lunchables. The Lunchables. Lunchables. The Lunchables. The yeah. 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 And I think just really, really recognizing that it's not a diet. It's literally a lifestyle to genuinely feel your best and heal your body from the inside out. Mm. And I think the second is, because you mentioned what if, you know, if your child was struggling with mental health. So, yeah, yeah, and I think just, and again, no fault to my parents whatsoever, because again, you don't yeah. know and especially if you don't it's I'm, I'm their oldest I'm their first kid so it's like you really you're just trying to do the best you can yeah um trying everything else first I think there's such a literally functional medicine that the best thing to to happen and mm-hmm. to you know just is so healing beneficial but a lot of times there is 
a deeper root cause to what's going on. So um, just not being quick to put a Band-Aid on whatever might be going on and making sure that also you keep the conversations going. And my parents were so good at that, of constantly just checking in. How are you feeling? Do you want to talk about it? I would always do this one thing where I would, if I was feeling, I had these worry dolls. So if I was feeling really anxious, I had a little, little like, box or bag of my wor my worry dolls. So if I was feeling worried, I would take one out and I don't remember if I put it under my pillow or give it to my mom or something like that. Um, or I would just write down, my worries are up. Mm -hmm. And I would give it to her. Because sometimes I wouldn't want to talk about it. But just like, it was hard to talk about it sometimes if I was feeling really anxious or a panic attack was coming on. So sometimes just voicing it and expressing, I'm feeling really anxious right now. Yeah. Or just like, help me. Yeah. And then just like literally just voicing that. And I was having this conversation with a friend recently as well of just sometimes the best thing you can do is just not feel like you're internalizing everything. Mm -hmm. And kids need to learn how to do that as well. And so I think from a really early age, if you see a kid struggling, it's really important to get them, you know, feeling safe to mm -hmm. express and to talk about it. Nothing's wrong with them. It's, you know, all the things that just make them realize like, okay, it's not just me that has to carry this weight. Mm. Yeah, and I could only imagine, too, because the first time, I read The Untethered Soul when I was, I want to say, 19 years old. Mm -hmm. No, not even 18. And I remember that was the first time ever where I realized that I have an inner roommate, and that's my thoughts, like, mm. and that I am completely separate from my thoughts. And I was 18 years old, so I can only imagine, like, children who are going through the experience of, of experiences of life beginning to have anxiety and not realize like that they're not their thoughts. One of uh, the, I love this, one of the first things my therapist taught me when I was nine years old, she goes, let's name your anxiety. Mm. And what she was trying to get at is anxiety is not you. Like mm. you are not mm. your mm. thoughts. Those worries, it's just a little buddy only trying to keep you safe. Right mm. now, he thinks you're in threat, so he's there with you, he's showing up. So I named my anxiety Oscar. And <laughs> what is Oscar? <laughs> well, Oscar the Grouch has to be straight. Like, he's a mean character. I'm nine years old. And yeah, that was essentially just her saying, like, this is not, it's not you. Like, you don't have to take on all of this. Like, mm. it's okay if you're feeling worried or. So my parents would then come along too. Oh, is Oscar here? I'm like, oh yeah, Oscar's really, like, I'm, I'm in the back seat right now. Oscar's here driving the car. So, wow. yeah. What yeah. a huge distinction that you were able to make. Yeah, nine years old. I love yeah. it. Her name's Janet, yeah, the therapist. She was good. <laughs> she was good, yeah. Did you have a name for when Oscar was not around, or was that just Courtney? No, it was just me. Cool, cool, <laughs> yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful, yeah. you know. And again, back to the question of, of a parent going through something similar. So much compassion for parents. I'm not a parent yet, so mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like. But even in the world of today, where yeah. social media and all of these different stimulus that's out there, kids now have literally the world at the fingertips. Like, they can look at anything. And in fact, these apps are trying to get them to see everything. Mm -hmm. So much compassion for them. Mm -hmm. And for what you're pointing to, it's like, create a safe space. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone. There's yeah. people out there that could support you in supporting your child. Yeah. You don't have to go for the easy um, thing that could quickly subdue the symptom because you have an example like what you're sharing. Yeah. For yourself, I mean, you're, you're, you're a testament to this. Mm -hmm. What, 20 years of going through treatment mm -hmm. before you actually, or, or 15 years, yeah. 15, 15 yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now where you're currently at, like, I know you've obviously, built, I know, I know you a little bit more, <laughs> yeah, but to yeah. share who the, for those who don't know, um, you recently created this new course. Yes. 
Can you give a little breakdown on what yeah. that's like? Yeah, so it's called Breaking Free. It's a 10-week holistic approach to healing anxiety. So focusing, focusing on your habits, your nutrition, and rewiring your brain and your thoughts. Mm. So it's pretty much everything that we just talked literally about. Literally, it is yeah. every single tool that I learned on this whole journey that took me 15-plus years to learn. All I actually say took me close to 20 years to learn that some of these tools that I put in this course are tools that I've learned in the past year of regulating my nervous system, of getting my body out of fight or flight, of learning how to feel safe again in my body. And it's literally taking everything that I wish someone had sat me down at nine years old, and if someone gave me this rule book of like, here's what we need to do to get you off the medication and to get you feeling safe again in your body and to heal this anxiety here's what I would do. And if someone gave this to me, so basically I was in the nine-year-old version of me's body creating this course or in her mind. Yeah. And I was thinking, what do I wish that I knew way back when? And what do I feel like it took me way too long to learn? And how can I give this to as many people as possible so they don't have to wait 15 years plus mm. to find the answers, to find the results? Ooh. Okay, so right so, there, it's so good. So excited about it. <laughs> so right there, with what you just shared, yeah. so here's Oscar now, and we're going mm -hmm. back now. Oscar is in the driver's seat. What is one thing you would tell Oscar? Get out. Abort <laughs> <laughs> mission. Leave. <laughs> no. Um, I put this analogy in my course, actually, because I have a whole section, on, like I mentioned, on breaking free from the anxiety identity. So one thing I have my clients, doesn't matter if they're 75 years old, I want you to name your anxiety mm. and to really separate yourself from it. And when I, I really, really emphasize you are not your anxious thoughts. So I think there's also a level of acceptance instead of trying to resist, 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 because what we resist literally just persists. So recognizing that Oscar may be in the car with you, maybe he's chilling in the back seat, maybe he's in the passenger, maybe he's like screaming really loud at where to go, what direction to go, but you are still driving the car. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if he's there, acknowledge his presence, acknowledge he's there with you right now, but you are still in control as loud and as annoying as and obnoxious as he may be. Oh. Mm, that's a good step. So good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. that acknowledgement, not yeah. trying to resist it. Yeah. Do you have any questions? Yeah, so how long is this course? Like? 10 weeks. 10 weeks. Yeah, so yeah. Amazing. So you get one module released to you each week, and you have lifetime access to it. So if you need to take four months to go through it, if you need to revisit it 20 different times, you can. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm excited just to continue to learn more about yeah. it. I mean, yeah. I've seen your journey, especially yeah. when you stopped the drinking and yeah. even just being closer here with me now mm -hmm. that you moved in this mm -hmm. area. It's been amazing just to see your journey through it. Yeah. As like I feel like we're never technically there. No. Right? No. Like it's always going to be a journey. But yeah. the progress that you've even made in these past like has it been a year since you lived here? I moved a year and a week ago. Oh, I've been here awesome. for 373 days or something, <laughs> <laughs> counting, but yeah. Well, during these 370 <laughs> days, I've definitely just seen your level of commitment and desire to really support not only yourself, but the people around you, and it Thank shows. Yeah. yeah, and I'm inspired by you for it. Thank it you guys. certainly shows. I remember when yeah. we were talking about flights, and we had just come back from our, fl from our fl yeah. friend's wedding, and you were like, no, I didn't feel that. Yeah. That was such a, such a win. And that's another thing, too. As much as I've healed the anxiety, anxiety is also a human emotion that yeah, every true. single person feels. To ex to, so to expect a life of no anxiety is to expect to be freaking Superman. Like, it's yeah. not, it's just not, you're not going to set realis realistic expectations for yourself. So, 
And I still, I'll share openly about struggles with anxiety sometimes still, and I've had resistance towards that, and that's something I've had to work through on my end, because I had this narrative and this expectation of myself of, well, I'm a health coach, I help people heal anxiety, I can't show that I have anxiety still, or I can't show, not that I have, I can't show that I experience, correcting myself, experience the anxiety, um, but even just last year, I started, two years ago actually, I started getting really bad panic attacks on flights. And that's mm-hmm. something that was new for me. I was always able to fly with ease, and I started having to rely on Xanax again for flights, and it was something I had to work through. So it just really just goes to show you're human, yeah. and you're going to have things that come up. And I'm grateful that I've worked through it, and I no longer have to rely on the Xanax, and I now enjoy flights again. Yeah. But it is something that you continue to grow. You continue to learn. You continue to just, yeah. yeah well, One beautiful evolving. part of life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I heard someone say, like, Life is meant to have those ups and downs because yeah. if it wasn't, it'd be a flat line. Yeah. yeah. And when you're at a flat line, you're dead. It'd be boring. Yeah. Or, or, or dead. Yeah. <laughs> boring, boring or dead. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't yeah. sign up for it. No. You know? no. I, and that's also a good takeaway for I mean, for myself because it's a good yeah. reminder. Like even in our, our relationship, we have a beautiful relationship, mm-hmm. but the tools are always being used. Mm-hmm. It's like if the knife isn't used, it's going to go dull. Yeah. So you got to sharpen the tool. And you also wouldn't. <laughs> like it. Huh? Really? <laughs> <laughs> you also wouldn't experience, like, you wouldn't even know what highs would feel like if you didn't go through those lows. Mm. Like, you'd just be like, yeah, exactly what you said. Life would just feel boring or non-existent. Yeah, yeah. So where can people follow you? How can they get access to this course? So Instagram is at PortHaze underscore. TikTok is PortHaze4. And both very active on those. And then my website with all the details on the course is courthaze.com. Cool. Great. And we're going to we'll link everything yeah. we'll as well. Yeah. So you guys can have easy access yeah. to it in the show notes. Yeah. Definitely explore it. And regardless, like, even if you move forward with the course or not, definitely mm-hmm. give Courtney a follow because she puts out such incredible content. Yeah, thank She's you. She's my inspiration. <laughs> oh, thank you. Totally. Is there anything that you're excited for for yourself looking forward? 28. Yeah. It's just going to be such a year. Mm. So this course being launched, the official launch date is pre-sale is today. Official launch is tomorrow, November 1st. I'm just, I can feel that in my core. That's going to be huge. And just, I don't know, 27 was a very, there's a lot of healing and a lot of figuring myself out and new avenues. And I just feel like 28 is the year for a lot of things to come to fruition. Mm. Ah, beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes, sister, let's yes, go. Yes. <laughs> so awesome. So good. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to be here with us. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe to stay updated on future episodes. And we would love to know how you enjoyed today's episode by leaving us a review. We look forward to continuing this journey of self-discovery and connection with you, and we'll see you on the next episode. Much love.